we have had a few weeks to digest the 2022 NFL best ball season. The Super Bowl is upon us. Tom Brady is retired. So what did we learn that we can apply to 2023 drafts, which are going to be coming soon? Last year, Underdog dropped a tournament on February 2nd. We're recording this on February 1st. So we might be getting our first 2023, 2023 tournament very soon. And it's time to apply what we learned in 2022 to next year's drafts. It's been so long, Eric. It's been so it's, long. It's been so long. It's like in this line of work, if we don't do a show together every 48 hours, it might as well be 12 years. So I know it's great, it's great to hear your voice. It's great to see your face. I don't have to sing these love songs I've written to you anymore. <laughs> we can we could do a show like normal. Tom Brady has retired in the oh. in the time since we've done the show. Yeah, I see I see this. Uh I mean the positive thing for Tom Brady, we just get this out of the way right now, is at least he made, you know, the last year really worth it. Ruined his marriage, <laughs> lost his kids, all for the the worst team he's played for in his in his entire career, the worst season he's had in his entire career, basically. At least it was really worth it for Tom Brady. It will actually be worth it for us. A little uh, took a, a little bit of a break, believe it or not. Thinking about best ball and fantasy sports and stuff, literally twenty four seven, is both fun for a career and everything, but also sort of at certain moments it. You could use a little, like a little bit of time to not be speaking into a camera, talking to internet friends that you don't know what they look like every single day about, right? The draft strategy of a 17th round pick, you know, that literally means nothing. So I thought it was appropriate instead of doing, you know, we call this instant reactions to 2022, but taking a, a just a, a small little couple week break, kind of letting everything that played out sink in. And now that tournaments are, are, I mean, FFPC already has their very first tournament for 2023. I assume underdog is going to be coming here pretty quickly, whether it's this week or after the Super Bowl or whatever. And I'm sure drafters will follow as well. Who the hell knows what DraftKings is going to do now that we've had a little bit of time to kind of process everything. Um, this is about as instant as, uh, as we're going to get here. But I think it's, I think it's a pretty good time to kind of think about what just happened what was noise, what was signal, you know, what was um, maybe just interesting or whatever and and start to kind of hash these things out because shit, dude, in two months, it's February already, in two months, in two and a half months or whatever, we're going to be like pretty much drafting for the actual 2023 tournaments. Somebody was asking me the other day like, oh, so when you're doing these best ball drafts, you must have like eight months off out of the year that <laughs> – you don't have to do things. And I'm like, I don't think you guys understand that. Like our off weeks are like the first two weeks of the NFL playoffs is about yes. what we get. And then it's like time to dive back in time for football. I mean, I love it, but you said February 2nd at the start of the show. And I almost had a panic attack. Cause I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, we got to start drafting again already. <laughs> it's it, it really is crazy. Like wouldn't change anything for the world. This is, you know, people love to hear you complain when you talk about fantasy sports for a living. Mm -hmm. But it's like I felt like this time of the year was going to be like the fun part in terms of 
I have some free time. Like I really want to get into this rookie stuff this year. That's been like the thing I've been trying to sink my teeth into. And then yep. underdogs like, Oh, Hey, by the way, here's uh, a half million dollar, you know, tournament or whatever for the Super Bowl. Here's a half million dollar tournament for baseball. Here's a half million dollar tournament for, uh, uh, golf, right? There's, there's, there's just everything coming all, all at once. And I, it's like, I, I thought I was going to be able to be really productive during these, this month or whatever. And now we're already talking about 2023 and we're probably going to be talking about 2023 from now until <laughs> next year at this time, basically. We have David Kitchen in the chat um, explaining to us about how he is one of the best best ball players in the world. He's 159th uh, in the world. I don't know if he knows this, but I am 74th best best ball player in the world. And that title doesn't get taken away from me just because I didn't make the finals this year. It's just a fact. Yeah. I stay Same at 74th. Night. You're ten half. Kinda. I'm half of half of yeah half of a top ten best ball player on the world. However, you want to, you know, would uh, I? You would probably use. Uh, I'm not. This is going to get inappropriate. I was going to say you would use Oversets upper half. You know, he's a he's a, a good looking gent and in very good shape. Um, but I don't want to shame him for the lower half. You know, live on on camera or anything like that. So we'll stay away from those. But um, oh my god, we can't even make it. We are five minutes in. And we're already getting the, <laughs> we're already getting Trey Lance questions for the audio uh, listeners. Definitely, Dennis says, "Are we back on Trey Lance, guys?" Um, we'll probably. I don't know that we'll touch too deeply on Trey Lance today. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more macro, but we'll see where the conversation lands. I promise we'll come back to it when when applicable. But um, it, it it is funny that uh, Kitchen brings up you know skill game. He he finished very highly in. Uh, uh, whatever on what, what is that? The milli wasn't 600k, was it? The milli was like a million entries. I think he said, Oh, yeah, it was like a crazy amount of yeah. dumb entries on that thing. Um, but the that that's like the the big thing I've been trying to think about over the course of the last few weeks, kind of since everything settled in, is like we do this whole dog and pony show, dog and pony show. Is that the phrase? Anyway, I'll use it even if it isn't dog and pony show of in like deeply analyzing the results of what happened last year. Right. Who won? And this is not to shame. <laughs> this is definitely not to shame like Kareen or whatever, but it's like somebody won a tournament. Let's look at their team. What did they do? Right. Mm -hmm. Or even then look at let's look at all the finals teams. Let's look at, you know, let's look at the advance rates of all this different stuff. And it's like, I feel like we're looking for something as an industry that isn't really there. It's one of those things we want so badly to be able to draw all these deep conclusions about this worked, right? We, we did this all the last two years, basically, right? Robust running back was a thing two years ago because Herzig won with it and it had like really strong advance rates and all that kind of stuff. And so there was all these like one year, one tournament narrative supporting this like structure or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then everybody ran with it. It was the thing we beat it into the ground and actually it was fairly useless for the, for the, for the last two seasons. I feel like the big thing that happens in this space now that I'm trying to wrap my head around how to approach is taking what we just saw, mainly like the data and all that kind of stuff, what won and learning from it, but not being so tied to, Oh, look, look, Crane had a hero running back team. Uh, you know, he had uh, late-ish round quarterbacks. He had, you know, whatever, you know, X ownership on his players in the finals. And like all that stuff is like really mostly noise, but also you still do want to 
like you don't want to just be like, ah, oh, none of that shit matters. But you, but you, you know, there's that fine line that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, I like how you derailed the chat into talking about ponies and specifically my pony. Apparently, I'm gonna have to start singing genuine. I don't think anyone wants that yet. Maybe at the end of the show, we'll start hitting the the you want it. Let's do uh, it. You, uh, I believe you've said uh, before on shows that uh, you don't drink a ton and uh it was it was uh oh it was when we did the hot dogs right or the hot wings one of the two you went out with buddies and uh you know <laughs> they were having drinks and stuff like that if in nashville next weekend we will uh see if we can get you to uh, partake in maybe a couple of extra beverages during the super bowl and uh uh you know maybe do some my pony up on stage or something um we have talked about karaoke uh this is not myself. how you spell it isn't it isn't it with an i it's with an Genuine. i yeah, yeah it's with an i so Come on jesus dave <laughs> we it was andy means myself i believe dean we were talking about doing some karaoke um and i don't go to genuine i go to enrique iglesias because i'm classy mm. so when you want to hear some hero i'll turn it into a hero okay I can be your hero RB baby or something like that. <laughs> we can, <laughs> we can, we can, we can make this best ball themed is what I'm saying. We all know I'm music's my a, forte in this space. Uh, genuine is closer to me, although I have uh, zero musical ability in any uh, ounce of my body. Uh, but definitely the uh, hip hop and R&B area. So it's, it's, t it's definitely like inappropriate genuine type type songs that mm -hmm. i would know and be able to sing and sound horrible at or like hip-hop like way too inappropriate for like a public place certainly with my wife there and co-workers and boss and boss's boss and you know <laughs> I, that's the last thing i want to do you know rapping lil wayne or whatever and uh, uh in front in front of everybody so maybe i'll have to do some thinking about that for the next week i can back you up i'm going to be your backup singer as well you can you come on with Enrique. We can do the I can be your hero, RB baby. I can rush away the pain. Okay, yeah. let's move on from this thing. Adam, shout out to you for dropping in the chat to get us off of these ridiculous uh conversations that are not at all related to uh 2023 or 2022 best ball takeaways. But Adam says, just wanted to drop in and say thanks for the drafters playoff best ball content currently sitting. Oh, Jesus, currently sitting in third overall with five players in the Super Bowl and there a great chance at 30k. That is amazing. Shout out to you. You don't need to say thank you to me. You drafted <laughs> you, you you drafted the team. My best team's in 44th place uh and only has three chiefs. So, you know, I don't I don't have a uh, a shot but that's incredible five five players is almost an entire starting lineup in the super bowl and when it's the two one seeds in a cumulative scoring contest where you took zeros from all those dudes in week one i know that they made the super bowl but still man that's unreal uh con congrats and good luck I i'll definitely be tracking them i'll be i'll be sweating to see if i can make like 200 more dollars and and adam will be sweating to see if he can make like 25 grand more or whatever that he's yeah. making I think I'm not even that close, but I have a decent team and I have five players live as well in that. So I, I'm not live to win, but I'm going to ban Dave from, from the chat. You're welcome. Him, him saying you're replying to Adam with you're welcome. Uh, we're going to, we're inching very close to the kitchen ban here. Has, yes, kitchen, has kitchen been on a show other than the fake out for the, um, for the Royal <laughs> no. Rumble? <laughs> no, uh, I, 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 I want to bring him on a uh, 
I'm starting to get together and get best ball bros back and running. Mm-hmm. And I want to get kitchen on, on one, on one of those, especially now that he's, you know, 169th in the world or whatever, as a best ball yeah. player, he, he, he had to earn the spot there before now, but so maybe, maybe we'll get there, but, um, we're 12 in the... minutes in. We we've only talked about um genuine and David <laughs> Kitchen and, and and everything. Um seems right. Seems fitting yeah, for our returning pretty... show. We haven't talked, yeah, we haven't talked in a couple of weeks, so we're getting all the bullshit out of the way here really quickly. But uh is was there anything that kind of came to to your mind, maybe particularly on like the stuff like, oh, this is what won, and these are the structures and everything that won. Anything that kind of uh you know light bulb has gone off for you? Uh I still just think that next year is going to be so different than every other year that we've done. I'm not going to talk about the quarterback thing today, but that's going to be one of them. I think tight end is going to be a real interesting position next year with, I don't know. Do you think Kelsey retires? Like if he wins a Super Bowl this year, uh, I, like, I, I had that thought for like, uh, just a couple of hours over the course of the last couple of weeks, because, He's been so banged up for a couple of years. He he just feels like that. And maybe maybe I'm drawing that conclusion from a, a kind of a crazy white dude tight end, you know, Gronk retiring kind of early. And then Kelsey feels like that type of a player. So maybe I'm just drawing silly narratives from it. But he feels to me like that guy that like if they win this, you know, next weekend could really legit retire like i would not be surprised but maybe i'm just that's just bullshit i'm pulling out of my ass but even if they don't it's like the perfect setup their brothers are playing each other maybe they both retire the same season afterwards to like potentially set up like a hall of fame to get i don't know like i maybe i'm galaxy braining this a little bit well they already have a podcast they already have a podcast it's like this could be like the literally walking off into the sunset i mean i'm sure they already make money from that thing it's really good yeah, maybe that's the future. You know, they get into media, right? Uh, I'm sure he really, I'm sure he really won over the hearts of all the big wigs at the media companies with the uh, uh, know your role and shut your mouth, jabroni to the mayor yeah. of Cincinnati. Yeah, really selling it. I mean, but he also let's look at what he did this past Sunday. He wasn't on the injury report. We weren't worried about him being in. All of a sudden, he has back spasms and almost can't go or something like that. They're throwing yeah. hook and ladders every other play because because <laughs> he can't because he's a statue when he catches run. the football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. And if my point being is, if he does retire, and even if he doesn't, people are so scared of this position going forward. Right? Is that just going to push? As we're talking about quarterbacks getting pushed up, are tight ends going to get pushed down? Are we going to be looking at a thing where, like, you know, the Kyle Pitts, the Mark Andrews in second and third round draft, second, third round in drafts isn't a thing this year. So it's going to make them, I don't know, like, what are we going to do with them if that happens? Like, what if, what if Mark Andrews doesn't have Lamar Jackson? First of all, we don't know what's going to happen there. There's so many unknowns. But what if the first tight end off the board isn't until the fifth round or sixth round? That's going to change some dynamics, right? Are you going to be looking to then definitely just go one tight end, or are you going to be looking to just stockpile at the end? Like, it, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting for the for the builds. That's what I would say. Good, good, good comment by GA. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be uh, uh, Voldemort. We're just gonna to have to call you know, he who shall not be named. It's Kyle, it's Kyle Pitts. The tight end thing is really interesting. I think it's a it's a it's a good micro example relatively micro example uh in between uh macro and micro example of 
like what you started talking about with like everything is going to be so different. And that is the case year to year in fantasy football generally, right? I mean, the player pool changes our our perceptions of players get a year older and one year, you know, it's like fucking dog years for football yeah. players. You know, you, you know, one, one year older makes a big difference, uh, especially like you said, with like Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's going to turn 34 at the beginning of next season, um, which makes me feel just pathetic about myself, <laughs> about myself, this, what this guy is doing at the same age as me. But the t- I think the tight end thing, like the onesie positions are always kind of most interesting to talk about because we, I mean, whether there's six running backs in the first round or nine is like whatever, right? It doesn't really matter. Same, you know, wide receivers going to be about the same for the first six or seven rounds every year. A little bit, right? We, we've made a more of a transition to wide receivers as the field has gotten smarter about the RB dead zone and just running backs in general and everything. But um, the example of the tight end thing is like, dude, quarterback we talked a lot about for the last six months Tight end, we've talked plenty about, but it was just <laughs> all it was was saying this position's fucking awful. awful. This position's terrible. Like we should, we we may get to a point where we need to remove it from fantasy football. I don't think we're there just yet, but we're probably not too far away from from maybe sites start to remove it from the game. And so, what does that mean? That means like, are people going to push up? the ones that they think can actually separate, which is what has happened the last couple of years, right? People mm-hmm. constantly talk about elite tight end is like the elite tight ends are such an edge. The elite tight ends are such an edge. And this year one, one, yeah. one was, was such an edge. the other ones actually buried your fucking team. Um, Kyle Pitts in particular, I know Kittle came on late at the end of the year, but he was trash for the season. Waller was a horrendous disaster, just as bad as Kyle Pitts, basically. You know, Mark Andrews looked good for six weeks and then was completely useless. You know, all these guys are dust balls. And so the it, are people going to stick to that and say, look, it's George Kittle. Look, it's Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts. It's Mark Andrews. Uh, those guys have the upside to give me an edge. Or are people going to be like, why the fuck am I, you know, drafting those guys over whatever superstar third round wide receiver? Like, let's just say I don't know, T Higgins goes in the third round again. Right. Yeah. Mike Williams goes in the third round again and maybe Keenan's not there or they don't bring in. You know, I'm just throwing shit at the wall. But like Garrett Wilson, are you going to draft? Are you going to draft George Kittle over Garrett Wilson? <laughs> like, I don't think I am. No. You know, you're going to have to make these hard decisions. Javante Williams, Brees Hall. Right. There's a lot of young, exciting players in the NFL. Are you going to draft a tight end who none of these guys outperformed? Uh, like Noah Fant, like Noah Fant was like a 14th round pick. He, he might as well have just drafted him instead of Darren Waller and, and Noah Fant wasn't even good. It's no. like, are you going to spend, you know, so like those kinds of things are really just a microcosm of the, the player pool as a whole. But I do think to your point, everything is this year. We've kind of said it the last couple of years, but I really do think this year is like total rocket ship of, I don't, I, I, I haven't really looked at the early ADP. I don't want to just yet. Whatever happens in April and May, I think is going to be like nothing we've ever seen in fantasy football before. Like it, it, it literally, it may be closer to back in the day, right? Uh, where quarterbacks went super early, tight ends. You nobody drafted a fucking tight end in the second round back then. You know, it might be closer to like 2008 <laughs> fantasy football. 
it's funny how things come full circle like that and it was probably not optimal back then but it's going to be more optimal now based on just the separation some of these quarterbacks do but the tight ends could be the same way what was kelsey 100 points ahead of the next tight end this year is something maybe a little bit more like he was lapping the field so if we lose that like yeah you're looking at like well maybe i'll just fire 15 16 17 brown picks on tight ends and just committee that couple that with a combo with just playing a single quarterback and then just loading up at running back and wide receiver and the other spot that's going to be a big discussion this year and i think yes everything changes every year like you said dog years on some of these players like someone that was in their prime we're going to talk about it probably i don't know i can't think of eckler's age off the top of my head but people are going to start talking about austin eckler's age and joe mixon's age and dalvin cook's age and alvin kamara's age right like that's going to be a whole thing this year this whole crop of running backs that that have been perennial first rounders for the past two three years are all getting older and I think that the first round is going to be shaken up quite a bit by the end of draft season. I think that positionally we're going to be having a lot of shakeups. So I think that like we're going to gold star this year going forward and look back on it and be like, this was when the tide changed a lot for the next three to four years coming in yeah. drafts. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one for, from a best ball perspective. My Eckler is 20 really quick. Eckler yeah. is 27 turns 28 in May. So, yeah, I mean, he still looks, you know, obviously awesome on the field. He, again, was a great pick for everybody and was on the uh, winning teams. At least I know he was on the BBM winning team, probably on lots of winning teams, given what he yep. did in week 17. But, like, he's at the age with, yep. like you said, we're in a transition. And, and like, we're in a transition at, like, every fucking position. Yep. Like, all the superstars, like, no one – Maybe I'm wrong and correct me. No one at really any of these position that's a 23 year old or, you know, something like that. Almost no one. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, I guess I would say. Outside of like those guys, no one in any of these other positions has stepped up to be like that next guy where you're just like, yep, you know, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, we were, everybody was like, top five picks, put them more, you know, however you want to rank them against Cup and all those guys, they're top five picks. Don't worry about it. They're the next superstars of their position. We don't really have that at running back yet. Like if Brees would have stayed healthy, maybe he was one of them, right? Maybe Javante, but, but they got hurt. Mm-hmm. And now we don't know. You know, at all these running, like you said, Mixon, Kamara, Eckler, Dalvin, Derrick Henry, the whole, this, like we've been drafting these guys for 10 years. <laughs> Slight exaggeration, but like right. we've been drafting these guys for so long and we don't have the guys yet ready to backfill. Same thing, Diggs. Devontae Adams, I just mm-hmm. mentioned Keenan Allen. All these guys are older. Mike Evans, uh, they're all older. And we we have some young, exciting guys, but they it's not like they are – like they didn't do what Jefferson and Chase did. That's why they are drafted where they are because it was like they got in the league. They're, they're top five players. We don't worry about it. It's like I like Garrett Wilson. <laughs> Am I drafting him in the early second round? You know, it's like the C.D. Lamb thing. It's like he hasn't emerged yet as that player. We're excited about him. But that's it's like every every single position. If once Travis Kelsey goes, who the fuck is the next big is the next big tight end? We hope Kyle Pitts, but he's not there yet. And that that's every position. Obviously, you know we have like Allen and Mahomes and Burrow, um, but there's like not even a full round, like, like not even like twelve dudes that we can say like, yep, these guys are locked in. I have zero concerns about any of them. It's like four or five guys. 
Yeah. And I think that's going to push guys up to the first round. So like breathing fantasy football and the chat brings up Kenneth Walker. He's like, he'll get pulled into the second round by the end of the summer. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets pulled into the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like, so Kenneth Walker is going to probably be a fringe first round by the end of the, of the end of draft season. And guess what? Rookies are going to start hitting the first round too. Bijan Robinson, like the oh, hype Bijan's on going him. In the first, yeah, it's, gonna it's get a landing right spot, up. obviously, but I, don't, I can't think of that many landing spots where he, where he's not going to go in the first round. He's going to be a first-round pick, so you're going to get some unknowns in there. Like you said, the quarterback position is, after Brady retires, like the only guy left is Rodgers from like that crop of the older running backs. Um, yeah, so like that's what you're going to be seeing in these drafts, right? And it's just going to make it real interesting, and it's going to be fun to look at our first draft of the year. Like just say in terms of best ball mania, um your first draft versus your last draft i mean it was already fun this year and nothing was like too crazily different there was some things that raised up throughout but this year i think especially you're gonna see some big swings and changes on draft position on some of these guys and that kind of leads me into what i wanted to ask you about we find these sleepers like during the drafts that we really like that start to get pushed up so like for me Christian Kirk last year, right? I loved Christian Kirk. We all know that. And I'm not saying he got pushed up to first, second, or third round, but he got pushed up like two to three rounds by the end of draft season, right? And do you see anyone like that that you're like, I need to hammer this guy early probably going I, forward? Because you brought I, up I, my guy when you were talking. Um, oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. I was going to uh, – there was a comment, and uh, uh, Jonathan mentioned it. I, I'm not sure that he's going to be as cheap as like – again – we think about a lot of this through the lens of what we've experienced for so many years. And so we think like, Oh, at the beginning, and maybe he, maybe this particular player will be, will go through this because he's kind of a weird um, type of a type of a player. But this did happen with say like Garrett Wilson. It was like, what is going on? Why is Garrett Wilson a 12th, a 12th round pick or whatever. And then eventually he slowly moved up. I'm not sure. Like everybody loves Jamison Williams. <laughs> I think everybody that I follow and talk to is like, I mean, he barely got on the field this year, and every single time he did, it looked like he was wide open 50 yards down the yeah. field. He scored a couple long touchdowns. Goff overthrew him a couple or underthrew him a couple times. Like I he could have scored like six touchdowns and he played like 30 total snaps the whole the whole season. He was just electric when he was out there. But Jonathan says I'm leaving every draft with JMO next year. And that that would be probably the guy for me because theoretically, he won't, you know, he's not gonna get the Garrett Wilson Olave london etc treatment because he, he doesn't have the track record so there's just a level of uncertainty to mm-hmm. even season drafters where you're just like well i can't take him in the fourth round or whatever i'm not saying to take him in the fourth round but i imagine he's going to be reasonably cheap um and i mean assuming dj chark is gone and he's the you know one of the starting outside wide receivers for the lions i mean i would like him in any format of fantasy but if you want to talk about a better, like this is what we prayed for with MVS and Gabe Davis and everything, like a downfield, yeah. crazy, uh, high variance, high upside weekly play. That's Jamison Williams, and he's actually good. And those two guys both suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's actually a great call between you and you and Jonathan on Jamie. Like, if he's like seventh, eighth round, probably that guy in that range that I just hammer every time. And then he'll like, be a fifth rounder or whatever by the end of the draft season. Yeah. So I haven't looked at the ADP currently like you haven't either. So my initial instinct is that Garrett Wilson is like a fourth or fifth rounder right now. 
just like that's just what my spider sense is saying and i could be off on that but i think he is a first second rounder like i think he's definitely yeah definitely it's probably a probably a second rounder if i'm just running some quick names down in the back of my head but certainly not a fifth rounder like you said which is where he might start i don't know and if that's where he starts i'm hammering him every draft like just i'll ride him up to the third like third second round and i'll still draft him in the second round probably he gets a quarterback he gets aaron Rodgers. he gets like they're getting somebody like they've they've already told us that and they we know they want Rodgers, right they, they're playing the little song mm-hmm. and dance game right now because they have to but even if it's not Rodgers, they are going to get somebody. Zach Wilson is not it. Like he's just not. <laughs> no. When Mike, when Mike White is like, when your team's wearing Mike White T-shirts to the game, <laughs> right? Like it's it's just not the dude. Like he's not the dude. Zach Wilson's not the guy. He's not going to be a backup guy. He's going to fizzle out of this league. Like he's going to be like Johnny Manziel. He'll get one mm-hmm. more chance somebody else somewhere else, and then he'll just be gone. Because nobody's going to want to deal with him. He's already crying and bitching. Like, so we don't need to get into that. But the whole point of this is Garrett Wilson. I think he's going to be too low to start drafts. I think I'll probably just be hammering him. Uh, although I do like the, the Jamison Williams one probably more just because he's going to be cheaper. We're getting asked yeah, but, how. But Garrett Wilson has the potential to be in that Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase right. class. Again, that, I'm not saying he's there. there. It takes projection to get him there, right? I'm not saying he's as good as those guys, blah, blah, blah. But like like you said, an upgrade is coming. You're hoping yeah. for Aaron Rodgers in terms of the Garrett Wilson case because, like, I mean, this dude could be the new Devontae Adams, which is absolutely a top-five pick in fantasy, right? Yeah. And so you get him anywhere outside of the first round, it really is just, like, nothing but, like, upside. Like, which sounds crazy to say, like, what do you mean a Jets wide receiver in the second round is like a small loss, big win guy? But I really do think Garrett Wilson anywhere like mid second and beyond is probably just like free money. You know, is he going to is he going to win everything? I don't know. But you're not. How do you lose? I I, I, I really can't. Like I said, I guess the way you lose is Rogers goes elsewhere. Carr goes elsewhere. I don't know. I'm probably missing some other guys that are Lamar does, you know, Lamar goes back to the Ravens, blah, blah, blah. Um, and maybe you don't want Lamar. I don't know, but Hollywood and Andrews are pretty fucking good with, with Lamar. It's just like, he's, a, he's definitely a star mm-hmm. and you just need a little bit of help and yep. they have everything else. Offensive lines, fine. Uh, other weapons to draw coverage away are fine. Like the running backs are good. Everything is, is set up for him. Defense so, is there. I, that team de- is a quarterback de- away. It's it's mm-hmm. a quarterback away, so he's going to get a quarterback. One of these guys is going to go there. I think Derek Carr has a no-trade clause. He's not turning it down for the Jets. Like He's going to look at that team. He's going to see like that team is stacked, ready to go, ready to win something. The division, yeah, Buffalo's good, but the division's not like the AFC West or anything like that where you could be a number one in other, in other divisions and finish fourth in that division. So... I think you're going to see a big name quarterback go there, a really good quarterback go there. Um, so I, I think it's just set up for Garrett Wilson to absolutely smash this upcoming year. Uh, that whole offense, that offense as a whole, it's going to be everyone's going to be on the Jaguars. And I know that the Jets will get some buzz, but the Jets is the team that we're probably going to want more of just based on like draft capital and stuff like that. And speaking of the Jaguars, in the chat, people are asking how high Calvin Ridley is going to go. 
And I think he's going to go high because I think people are in love with the Jaguars this year. Like it's going to, they are going to be the darlings of the fantasy industry. Everyone's going to look at them. They're going to look at the the rise of Trevor Lawrence over the season, the improvement of the offense, what they were able to do in the passing game. Everyone's going to, you know, talk that they have Travis Etienne as the running back who was fine. He wasn't great by any means this past year. He was He's a good runner. He's a good runner. Yeah, like, but like, that's, that's the thing that does tilt me sometimes about the whole uh, like fantasy bro analysis and stuff is like Travis Etienne's a good football player, particularly he, when you hand him the football, right? Like a running back does. Mm-hmm. He's he's good. He's, he's he's quite a bit above average, probably as a an NFL running back running the football. He's probably below average in terms of receipt. Let's call it average. He's an average receiver with average to below average hands and in an offense they don't really check it down that much to to the running back and so it's like he's a good runner but like honestly there's a lot of good runners mm-hmm. isaiah pacheco got drafted in the seventh round he's a pretty good runner like the like being a good running back like taking rojo's a good runner like there's a reason why we've done this stupid fucking song and dance with rojo for five years he's a good runner but those guys exist everywhere because every Every best player on the high school team, every best athlete plays running back. Turn around because it's the easiest thing to do to get the, your best player, best players the football. So there's a shit ton of really good running backs that are good at running with the football. The skill is in being Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler and and that and doing everything that playing the running back position at the NFL level level requires. And maybe ETN will get there. He's just not quite there yet. Yeah, and. They're going to get steamed. Uh, I think I saw a comparison. Evan brought it up. They're going to be last season, last off seasons, Detroit Lions. And I agree with that. Like that's who that that's going to be. Um, one of my Swift wins. Swift was like one, two turn um, ASB. So, so maybe that's a pretty reasonable comparison. Let's call Ridley. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe like fourth ish round, like Amon Ra was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, I don't know that Ingram's going to go where Hawkinson went, but maybe if 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 tight end cost stays the same, Ingram was one of the better fantasy tight ends. If he sticks, I think he's a free agent, so you might he need is. to come back. Bring him back yeah. um, but I can't imagine why he would want to go anywhere. He finally had a, a good year for the first time in his career, and then you get Ridley, who I I think it requires a lot of projection with Calvin Ridley. Like he's mm-hmm. he he was clearly good. He's not that young anymore. He hasn't played in a long time, like a really long time. Uh, and, you know, they do have Christian Kirk's good. Ingram is good. Zay Jones is out there, <laughs> like going to get some targets. Like, I don't know. Is like, I think we think of Calvin Ridley from when Julio left and Calvin Ridley was the only remaining Falcon. And then that obviously didn't pan out. But we mm. were like, oh, my God, Calvin Ridley at the one two turn. Like there's no target competition. He's really good. I think people are thinking about him through that lens in fantasy. And I think he's more like T Higgins uh, as a ceiling or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up, but I don't know. I I don't think Calvin Ridley is as clear cut as, as I see a lot of people thinking about him really early on. Yeah. I think he's just, I think that they're all going to get steamed. I think you're going to be almost uncomfortable taking ETN where he's going to end up. I think you're going to be a little uncomfortable taking Ridley. Kirk, I think people still undervalue him to yeah, a degree because they hate Christian Kirk for some reason. But 
I don't know. You put him on the other side, he's going to do roughly what he did this year. I would say probably again, even with Calvin Ridley coming in would be my, would be my thoughts, especially if they don't bring Ingram back or something like that. Um, they had a connection between him and Lawrence. There is, there is trust there. We do see him lean on Kirk a lot in a lot of these games and our, I don't know what Zay Jones deal is, but that, that receiving core is going to be nice, but I think they're all going to be steamed for the most part. Um, so yeah, they're going to be one of the VAR interesting teams to kind of track. Uh, Philly Lawrence, is going to be Lawrence is going to be crazy expensive. Do you like, think so? I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think it's going to be real stick. Like if they had <clears throat> stoop, I do way too many stupid thought experiments, but it helps me process. If they had not beaten the Chargers, mm-hmm. and like even if they had made the playoffs, but they laid that egg in the first half. Right. Yep. It's like the it's like the Gabe Davis corollary. <laughs> like this is like Gabe was a in my opinion, a good in a vacuum, a good best ball pick last last season because he was gonna play every snap, right? Up weekly upside, blah, blah, blah. Like a little bit of unknown, he's young, etc. But like he did the thing against the Chiefs, and it was like, well, two years ago he would have went and you know, if he, or if that hadn't happened, he would have went in the seventh round. Now he's a fourth, you know, right now he's a fourth or a fifth rounder. I feel like with Lawrence in particular and the Jags, it's like there is something to be said about the team success coming on at the end. Like, well, some people believe in like the well, he came on at the end of the year. I'm not saying whether you should or shouldn't believe it, but like, you know, people are like, well, they they really turned it on down the stretch and they made the playoffs and now they have Calvin Ridley. It's like there's only positive things to say about the Jaguars, which then comes back. I mean, the quarterback is you know, the, the, the big thing, the big guy who benefits from all those positive things. Yeah. So he might get steamed up. Uh, I, I think know. Ken says seventh, eighth. I, I'm legitimately talking like, uh, yeah, it's going to be higher. Like fourth round or something like that. Because of the quarterback factor this all year. All quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, like if we've, he would be in like that Dak era, right? Area. I am. I agree with Ken. If, if the quarterback environment were like it were in 2022, but in 2023, like Josh Allen might be a first round pick. I think he will like, be. Yeah. So we have to think about quarterback a little differently. I think. I think there might be three first round quarterbacks this year, which is going Possible. to make um, teams well, like Trey Lance, Trey yeah. Lance. And yeah, that's what we're uh, Brock Purdy, Purdy Jimmy, both of them, Jimmy Garoppolo, one, two turn, one, two turn <laughs> handcuff your 49ers uh, <laughs> quarterbacks got to do it no but you're gonna you're gonna see it and it's gonna make teams like philadelphia who's philadelphia we love that offense right but if if jalen hurts and aj brown are going first round and devonta smith is gonna get steamed up to like second third round level oh yeah <clears throat> area stuff you're not gonna be able to stack the eagles next year uh, it's gonna be damn near impossible and you're gonna they're gonna be the Bengals from this year but with a mm-hmm. steamed up quarterback Right, yeah. because in order to get that double stack with Burrow, you had to go chase Higgins right away if you were lucky enough to get that. Um, the Eagles, you're probably not going to see many AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts teams, if any at all. And you Devonta may not Smith. physically be able to get Hurts and both the wide receivers. They both Devonta Smith and Devonta Smith was basically just AJ. Like they were interchangeable. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Chase Higgins where Chase is the one and T is the two. Now, T is awesome. He might be the best two in the league, but Chase was the one. We we view A.J. Brown as the one, and I would view A.J. Brown as the one. Production-wise, it's just 
one and one. Like they're they yeah. Devonta Smith is basically just as good as AJ Brown. The target share is crazy. Um, so we're going to be having the conversation about them. Here's a team that I don't want to have a conversation about this year, but we're going to have to, and it's going to suck. Um, Quasi in the chat brings up how much impact will Sean Payton have no. on Broncos players? And we are going to have to have this conversation for seven, eight months, which is good. It's going to make me vomit Broncos more than the like... hot dogs thing. <laughs> I hate the Broncos so much. We have two years in a row. We have to talk. All they did was trade away their future for one of the shittiest quarterbacks in the league and a fucking head coach. Like yeah. they didn't even get any good players. They don't have any draft picks and all they got was Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and, uh, and, and Albert O to never play. And like what? I don't know what is going on in Denver, but I'm not excited about this. And I don't, I, maybe this is a flaw. I know Sean Payton will have a better impact than Nathaniel Hackett. I'm sure I will draft some Broncos players, right? I like Jerry Judy, et cetera. I'm sure I will talk myself into Alberto. Uh, we'll see where Javante goes. But, like, I don't know. I, I, this Sean Payton thing is pretty silly to me. He's not, he's not a fucking miracle worker. No. Like, like, Nathaniel Hackett was bad. He didn't make Russell Wilson do all that shit. Like, right. it's not like he went out there and, and designed every step and every thought russ had he called bad plays but he didn't he didn't make russ play bad yeah he looked awful i don't know what sean payton can do that it might be a blessing though because sean payton coming in is going to have people still excited about denver this year and if we're seeing like like premium values on jerry judy and the rest of these broncos i I mean hell i love javante but if we see a premium value on javante Broncos might be the easiest team in the world to fade this year if they're all <laughs> if they're all still up there, right? Like, why am I going to take any of these guys if we're looking at fifth, sixth round values on Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and stuff like that? So, so that that leads into a big lesson for me that isn't necessarily any one of these teams, but something it, it doesn't have like super super direct application, and I think the whole like. Oh, fade what the smart people are saying is such a like some people will say that like, well, everybody thought Kyle Pitts was going to break out. So I faded him. It's like that's not really (laughs) how you should. It's like fade the public type of a thing in sports betting. It's like that's not really real, uh, nor is it smart. But thinking about guys who are priced like the Broncos like we do this in DFS every week, like a, a, a it's not the same game, but X player is 5,500 mega chalk because we're expect expecting what Zay remember how many weeks was like Zay Jones at like 5k, like super chalky in DFS on DraftKings, And it's like, yeah, I know he had 12 targets last week, but he also has games with two targets and he's right. Zay fucking Jones. Like we don't even know how good he is. Uh, well, well actually we know he's not very good. And so it's like, that's an easy, you know, if he burns you, he burns you, you move on. To, we, we can do that. In, I can do that in TFS really well. You know, I tilt my face off when he, he scores 25 or whatever, but it's like, I'm willing to just be like, there's a lot of volatility in this dude. And I think we approach volatility a lot of the times in best ball as just like a, I'm cool with it. Cause it has, right. That means upside. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're volatile, as opposed to being like, there is a, real way that this can go real, real wrong, like really, really wrong versus the Garrett Wilson example, which is like, I want to find those dudes where it's like, I, I can't, 
it didn't go wrong with Mike White and Joe Flacco. So right. how the fuck is it going to go wrong with whoever they get at quarterback? Even with the chat, I was worried about Hackett is the OC there. That, that, that's a concern. So maybe that's a factor. But like Jameson Williams, like Jameson Williams in the seventh or eighth round, like how does this go wrong? Like this goes wrong in the way that Gabe Davis went wrong, except Jameson Williams is good. Like he has a few big weeks. He's a disappointment from a to- point total perspective and like a usable week perspective but he gets you three spike weeks and you're like i don't know that's fine (laughs) you know like that's like that's how jameson williams goes wrong how the broncos go wrong is what we just russ sucks (laughs) like if russ still if the same thing happens and the market says no i'm willing to buy back in it's like well if 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 russell was it's like if russ was chalk in dfs and like Cortland sutton was chalk in dfs it's like well just fade it because the offense stinks you know, but in best ball, we don't apply the same thing because it's not apples to apples. But I think being more thoughtful, really, just about those types of situations, as opposed to like, I love Elijah Moore. I'm going to keep chasing him up to the sixth round. You know what I mean? It's like, well, his quarterback, Zach Wilson. So, you know, maybe just like if you really want to invest, take Garrett Wilson in the 11th and don't chase Elijah Moore up to the sixth. That's how I feel kind of about the Broncos It's like the situation could be really bad. It could be better. So that's why they're intriguing. But if we're going to push Sutton and Judy and stuff back up to where they got drafted this year, like, fuck that, dude. We, we like Just sprinkle them. You don't need to go crazy. Yeah, and I again, probably just be a full fade for me. If there's guys that I really like in that fifth round range, you right. know how I am. I'll just hammer that guy. If, I, if I'm like, if I like that dude, I'm just going to take him. If I think that the Broncos are going to be a very underperforming offense, then I'm not going to take him. Uh, Felix in the chat brings up the Chargers, and I don't know if I agree with this sentiment. He's saying that the Chargers will be chalky because you'll get their top players at a value this year. I think, other than Eckler, what top player? I mean, and obviously Herbert, we like as a quarterback. What top players are we excited about on the Chargers this year? Keenan Allen's got to be, uh, he's 30 something years yeah. old. Mike Williams is Mike Williams at this point. He's not going to change. If he can stay healthy half the season, you're happy. Um, <laughs> he, he, right? Like, that's just who this guy is. Uh, I'm not excited about the Chargers this season. They're going to have to make some moves, like, in order for them to be oh, viable, yeah. I think. There's going to have to be – they're going to have to go knocking on the door for for a Godwin or an Evans when that fire sale starts or something just to reinforce this wide receiver corpse if they want to make an actual run. I don't know if they're going to be looking to get younger. They're going to have to at some point. I don't know if they got to draft somebody. Yeah, they got it. They got to draft. This class is not my favorite wide receiver class, but there's plenty of intriguing guys, you know, that you can take in the second, third round Mm -hmm. that I think, I think that dude is who will be that like, whatever dude, they like a guy who just continues to like move up for me is um, Zay flowers went to Boston college and he's, he's smaller, but, is just crazy explosive and 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 just really he plays bigger than he's 510 he plays bigger than that is the guy that we've been dreaming about for justin herbert like down the field like played in yep. the acc so it's so so but like lit people up down the field in the in the acc and he's not like too too small he, he's small but he's not you know he's not he's not that small he's legit good down the field weapon would be young in a wide receiver room that is old as fuck and and can't stay healthy between both Keenan 
Hayden uh, Hayden Wings from Underdog also put out a tweet I saw within the last week or something that was just just speculation about some guys who could be traded or cut at wide receiver. And he put Keenan Allen on there. And I, I don't know his contract situation offhand, but he turns 31 in April. Not, that's not awesome for as much money as as he makes. And he's still good, but it's kind of like, like, would you rather have, you know, a couple of young guys to pair with Herbert for the next decade or keep paying Keenan Allen, who only plays 12 games a year at best and has no real juice left? I I, I think that it's possible they remake the whole wide receiver room. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, anything could happen here. Uh, they don't have a worthwhile tight end. Uh, it, it's like Eckler is like all they have. So I think this, the Felix is coming could go either way. They could be like some of the sexiest picks, right? They draft a couple of guys or they trade for an intriguing wide receiver or tight end or whatever. They could be the guys we are chasing up the board or they go into it with this same shitty wide receiver group and they, they spend a sixth round pick on some guy, right? Like they did with, you know, they just draft another Josh Palmer and it's like, who do you, like, who do you actually like mm-hmm. out of those guys besides Eckler? You know, nobody, I, I can't imagine they don't beef up the wide receiver room. Brandon Steele is not that dumb, but I don't know. They're, they 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 could go. They're they're really polarizing to me. Let's not forget what Eckler was trying to was saying in this past offseason too. He didn't want the workload that he ended up getting. Forced like into it again. Forced, forced into, into it two into years it. in a row. Yeah, and so Eckler is going to be a top three, top four pick probably in fantasy. And if they can find a way to make it so that he's not getting the workload, you're going to be cooked on Austin Eckler um, if he's not getting the workload that he got last year. And he doesn't, he shouldn't have that workload. He's just not the guy that should have that. Kudos to him for staying like relatively healthy through all of it, too. Um, it's impressive. But yeah, the Chargers are not a team that I am currently excited for at the moment. And we'll right. probably rank offenses this month, like in the next two weeks or three weeks or something. That's what we started last year with. And we'll have a show where we review our final rankings on offenses, see what we were smart about, seeing what we weren't smart about. But I think, uh, I think the chargers, if we do this offensive ranking thing as stands, they might not be that bottom row, but they might be one up for me because where, because people are, it's going to be God, who was the team that we loved the quarterback, but we weren't drafting any of the, of the pieces last year. There was one team like that and it made, no sense and we were like hmm. and, and it panned out that way that we're like we were taking i'll think of it later but we have inverses of that too right where we're, we were taking like we were loving quarter, we were loving wide receivers and pass catchers yeah. and then we wouldn't draft the it was the lions and it's like well if we love the lions pass catchers and stuff like that then we should have been drafting jared goff a little bit higher probably yep. And this is going to be the inverse situation, I think. Like, you got to step back and be like, well, I love Herbert, but I don't want to draft anyone with him. So, should I be drafting Justin Herbert in terms of like where he's going? Cause he's going to be, he's going to be up high. I, I do think um, that's an interesting point. Cause we have talked about uh, what you mentioned, like with the quarterback. Evan, sorry, Evan brought it up. No, it, it clearly was the Chiefs. You love Mahomes. Oh, you didn't yeah. love the pass catchers other than Kelsey. And yeah, perfect example. Absolutely. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, the, the wide receivers were fucking Juju, the corpse of Juju Smith Schuster in the fourth round on underdog yeah. or whatever, you know, MVS and sky Moore. Couldn't you, they all got hurt and sky can't get on the field. Like 
MVS became an alpha to take them yeah. to the Super Bowl, which how awesome was that, by the way? Yeah. Uh, it was great. You know, I put them in the, the double spy that week. So it was <laughs> totally, totally, okay. totally also wasn't tilting at all that, you know, I had thousands and thousands of dollars over the course of, the, you know, both in DFS and in and in best ball on MVS. And he does it in a, a basically, you know, a fucking single game playoff slate. But right. the quarterback thing, I think, is a good lesson because we're, we're going to be talking a lot about quarterbacks. Oh, um, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to keep beating that that horse. But when we're breaking ties with the later round quarterback, so for example, um, I understand why I did this. It's a, a youth and a, a kind of uncertainty upside situation. But I think it was a little flawed in that. So like I was like always drafting Mac Jones over Jared Goff last year because, you know, Max, the younger guy, Jared Goff is just like not really an upside quarterback. And I know he had some good games this year um, because the Lions defense was still terrible, but that's part of the point was his weapons were all good and Max were all bad. <laughs> like I wasn't drafting any of Max weapons. I guess the tight ends a little bit mm-hmm. um, Ramondre, but that's not helpful to Mac. But I was drafting Mac because of Mac over Goff because of Goff at the at the elite levels. Maybe the you know like the Mahomes thing is different. Mahomes is a generational quarterback. Yep. The, by the way, the most overused term of all time, generational. Although Mahomes actually is right. generational. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I was like, well, Mac Jones profiles as a player I would rather take. Right, second year. Maybe he was pretty good as a rookie. Maybe he grows or whatever. And Goff profiles is like. Literally the least sexy pick of all t- of all time. I, he's slower than me, and you know doesn't throw the ball down the field. Blah blah blah. But like, I liked everyone of like I had Amon Ra. I I forced myself to take Hawkinson. I was drafting Swift. I drafted Jamal Williams. I drafted some Jamison Williams. DJ Chark. Right. I drafted all these dudes. I didn't really draft the Patriots. Why the hell would I have a bunch of Mac Jones and no Jared Goff? You know, I'm not saying don't ever take Mac, but that's kind of a lesson at the quarterback position that I do feel like is applicable is just not to be so hyper focused on like one element of that quarterback, which was talent. Right. We like to apply talent at the other positions, but like or even uncertainty. But the quarterback thing was just like, dude, why do you have zero percent Jared Goff and like 12 percent Mac Jones? Like even if it was like six and six, like that's fine. That's 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 totally fine. But the. It's just the way I thought about quarterbacks. Um, I want to think think a little, be a little bit smarter about. Yeah, Sam. I want to look at them more as a team, like a team perspective. And Mahomes was fine. Even we still don't know who caught all those passes and got all those yards, other than Kelsey. How he threw for five thousand yards? <laughs> Where the hell? Who caught him? Right? Like, because we I don't actually know. don't know. I actually have no fucking. Idea. <laughs> yeah, because because Kelsey had a great year, but he didn't catch five thousand yards worth of passes and. <laughs> And it just it's mind blowing because if you stacked Mahomes every week, you were dusted off because his leading wide receiver had forty yards, but Mahomes threw for four hundred, and you're just like, dude, I'll never forget in the rest of my fantasy football career that San Francisco 49ers game. We had a like a birthday or something like that at uh, my wife's sister's and my sister in law's house, mm-hmm. and uh, I stacked for the millionth time the Chiefs, uh, and they're playing the 49ers in the afternoon slate. And it like MVS is actually doing something. And it was, I, I played Mahomes with Juju and MVS and then played Kittle instead of Kelsey. 
Um, it's the best DFS week I had of the of the entire season. Literally has made my whole year, made my best ball season and DFS season. That that one game, MVS caught a long touchdown, had 100 yards, and Juju. It was his biggest game of the year, and Kelsey didn't do a lot, and Kittle had a had a big game, and like I'll literally never forget it because it was like the it it felt like what week was that? Uh, seven. It felt like total vindication it was like well here's seventh week of me stubbornly stacking these stupid fucking <laughs> chiefs wide receivers and saying the same thing on every dfs show like you're yeah. never gonna get travel or you're never gonna get patrick mahomes stacks <laughs> at this low of ownership and this cheap again it's like dude you said that for six fucking weeks you can't keep using that as, as an it's excuse. just the meme of you just putting the clown <laughs> makeup on as you just continue to continue to say yes i'm literally you're never gonna get my home stacks you know and it's like i i was saying that every single goddamn week and then finally you know it it came through but that's just the point it's like it's like one out of every you know like two times a season one of the wide receivers did something that but also it helps you realize why dfs isn't dead my my shining moment was this past weekend slate where Patrick Mahomes came in at like 13% ownership in the double spy on a two game slate. And I was just like, yeah, I'm printing money already. Like, because I have Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, people, people still get scared of stuff and you can still exploit the field on those things, but you can really really quick as well. Kelsey had 1300 yards. Juju had 900 yards. I'm surprised. I'm, uh, I would not have guessed that at all. Uh, (laughs) MVS was the third leading receiver with 687. Jesus Christ. Uh, McKinnon had 512. And then (laughs) here's how, (laughs) here's how wrong we were about the chiefs wide receiver wide receivers and just their passing game in general, who had the fifth. So Kelsey Juju MVS McKinnon, who was the fifth highest uh, receiving yardage on the chiefs. Don't tell me it was Clyde Edwards. Hilaire. no, Equally as bad, though. <laughs> equally as bad. Well, uh, equally as bad in uh, in in retrospect. Ah, oh, man. He's well, a wide receiver. It's not McCall, is it? Justin. Was it Watson? Watson? <laughs> Fifth on the Chiefs in receiving yards. Jesus. We drafted Sky Moore in the eighth round, and Justin Watson, Noah Gray, and McCall Hardman all had more receiving yards than he, <laughs> he did. Oh, Noah Gray God. and Justin Watson. Oh man, they got to get somebody this year. Yes, they have to get somebody this year. Or Tony, I mean, I do like that if Kelsey comes back. Um, the Tony move, I know he he's got hurt again. Shout out to him. Uh, also on all my best playoff best ball teams, but uh, I like I, I like Tony. I you know hopefully Sky can be at least like a rotational piece with another off off season. You would think. Um, if Kelsey comes back, they like add one more decent guy. I think that they'll be even better than this year. Yeah. I mean, they need to get, I don't know. They just need somebody. Tony, I would like, but I'm not a big injury prone guy, but Jesus Christ, man, this dude of all dudes cannot stay on the field. Never fake an injury again for a touchdown celebration, by the way. (laughs) Like, cause we, we know who you are. Like we expected that to be real. And guess what? It was three plays later so yeah um yeah and kelsey's gonna be if kelsey comes back he's gonna be such a premium and i think they're gonna use him sparingly throughout the season just to like get through to the playoffs with them so we're gonna have that conversation there's so many conversations to have this offseason it's gonna be exciting 
it's going to be frustrating a little bit too, but free agency is going to be fun. And the running back thing, we haven't, we've talked about running backs, but we haven't hit on this free agent running back list. It just the musical chairs that that position is probably going to play, <clears throat> you yep. know, Saquon, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Some of them will resign with their teams, but not everyone's going to resign with their team. Like, I think Saquon might, because what else is the Giants going to do? Yeah. Another team that has to get some wide receivers. And the thing is, like you said, the draft class for wide receivers isn't that deep, considering. It's like not that good seen. at the top, and it's not that deep. There's a bunch of interesting guys which is like one way to say that it's an underwhelming class but there's some right there's there, there what i would call it is and I, this is stuck in my head because i'm writing something using this this title it's like an island of misfit toys it's not that these guys are bad it's that they're all like the red-headed stepchild of like I, zay flowers is like one of my favorite guys he's like 5 10 180 pounds yeah right jackson smith the jigba is awesome or we think he's awesome he played <laughs> one season was really good for for that season never played again and he we don't think he's very fast and he's not very big right so it's like uh, that that's doesn't great. sound like an yeah that's the wide receiver one that's the best wide receiver in the class you know the the second best wide receiver quentin johnson from from well, what a lot of people view as the second best wide receiver quentin johnston from tcu has like never had a good target share and his like his highest target share was this year finally with like 24%. It's like, dude, all these other motherfuckers have like 40% target shares and Quentin Johnson is going to go in the first round with a 24% target share, right? So they're just weird. A lot of little guys, a lot of little guys, a lot of slot receivers, right? That kind of thing. And so guys are going to pop. It's just good luck right now guessing who that's going to be from wide receivers. So to your point, that throws a huge wrinkle into things like last year. I was like, dude, Drake London went top 10, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, blah, blah, blah. There was tons of dudes we were really excited about. And they were all pretty clean prospects, relatively speaking. That's not the case this year. Yeah. And the, and the free agent class for wide receivers was really good. Um, do you want me to tell you a quick best 10 list of free agent wide receivers that are going to be out there this year? Yes. Uh, number one is Juju Smith Schuster. So we now oh. know how this list is going to go. Oh no! <laughs> this is this is from Fanduel. Um, Jacoby oh, Myers, well. Alan La Alan Lazard, DJ Chark, Darius Slayton, McCall Hardman, Jarvis Landry, Marvin Jones, Paris Campbell, Noah Brown. The it's a real bad class for wide receivers in terms wow. of free agency. You made it to Noah Brown in a top ten list of anything. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So. Other than trade, which I'm sure there will be some, I think we're going to see Hopkins probably move or something yep. like that. But who else really like I'm maybe a surprise or two. We didn't expect to see AJ Brown move. I didn't expect the Tyree kill trade in like last Hollywood. year. Hollywood, Hollywood moved. moved. Yeah. I, I, so I think you're going to see maybe one or two. I don't know who that's going to be. I think some of the Tampa guys might move. Um, but yeah, it's going to be yeah. lots of Iuke. Uh, Dennis mentioned Ayuk as a potential. There's been tons of because he's he's set to get paid in a couple in a couple of years, and people are talking about trying to get out ahead of that. But I think that they can fr what franchise him or fifth year no not fifth year option because yeah fifth year option he was first round pick right. Um, but I was reading more into it. Everybody keeps projecting like Ayuk as a trade candidate, and I'm like, they got him for two more years. 
and they're trying to win the fucking Super Bowl, dude. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, like, I, I, call me crazy. I don't think, like, I, I know that, like, we think about things this way, but, like, I, I don't think that NFL teams that are in their Super Bowl window, like, one of the best rosters, if not the best roster outside of quarterback in the entire NFL, is like, yeah, you know, we have to re-sign him in three years, so fuck it. Get rid of him. Let's play Ray Ray McLeod when we're trying to win a Super Bowl. Like, I don't really think that that's how NFL teams operate. So I'm, I'm not thinking Ayuk gets, but you know, I was like, I wasn't thinking that Hollywood would get traded or like you said, AJ Brown. So you never know. He, yeah, I mean, he might, and everyone's comparing it because of the Debo situation where, uh, I mean, I like Ayuk a lot. I think he's a really, I think he's a number one in this league, but being a number one in this league, doesn't make you Debo Samuel at the same time. No. So I don't think that they're going to play it the same way that they played it with Debo with him. So this is the other one you see similar to Ayuk a little better. Evan brings up T that, uh, you know, the Bengals are going to be trying to figure some shit out here with chase going to be due in a few years for a, you know, maybe the biggest him and Jefferson competing for the biggest wide receiver contract of all time and burrow for the biggest quarterback contract of all time. And they have T who's due for a payday here pretty soon. Like, what do they do with they all that? I think I don't I, think they move them. It's the same. It's the same thing that like, you know, we'll see what they do in the draft and all that kind of stuff. But like, I just view it very similarly that a lot of the times we see teams just try to figure these things out as opposed to, I'm not even saying what Evan's saying or what a lot of people in the chat or, or we are saying is illogical to try to move on from these guys, but teams don't always think about that. Think about it that way. They'll think about it. The ne- like Tyreek, right. They'll think about it the next time when he's 27, 28, 29 or whatever, they'll be like, okay, now it's, I don't want to pay Tyreek until he's 32. Let's let somebody else do that. T Higgins is, <laughs> is young, like super, super young. A lot of the times they'll sacrifice on defense, right. Or at running, right. There's no reason Joe Mixon needs to be on this team. Get a rookie, six rounder, whatever. And, you know, Samaj P Ryan's outplaying Mixon right now. They don't need a running back to make any money on this team. You know, the little things that teams will do to figure out the T and IU situation when they're good, right. The Titans were like, fuck, we're not very good, and we got to pay AJ Brown. You know, let's let's try to get out ahead of this. But the Bengals and the 49ers were just in the conference championship game, and you could argue the Bengals should have won, and the 49ers could have won if the whole you know, quarterback thing went different. So I think that the teams just view things a little bit differently. But again, of course, it's possible that those guys get traded. I'd just be very surprised. Yeah, I th- I think like just based on the situation that the teams in. They're they Burrow's going to get paid. Chase is going to get paid. But guess what? They are on rookie deals right now. So what I think they're going to do this year, they're loading up to win it. They want to get one in with this group. Yeah. And if that means sacrificing a potential first round pick, like by trading T Higgins, then I think they sacrifice, they make that sacrifice because they were on the doorstep again this year. They could be the class of the AFC next year. They just, they could be. Mm-hmm. They they reassure a few positions on this team, and they can do that. They can fu- they can hire some mercenaries. This is yeah. what you do with a rookie quarterback. You hire yep. some mercenaries on one two year deals. You overpay for them because you're cheap at the at the quarterback position. You're cheap at all your skill positions. I think they're just going to lock and load one more ride of Chase Burrow Higgins, and then next year we make all of our decisions on all three guys. You make it all at the same time, so. Um, I don't think all, I know I know it's a big thing, but I don't think Higgins gets moved. All that being said, 
any of these guys get traded to the Chiefs or the Bills, mm-hmm. and holy shit, like particularly the Chiefs, like at least the Bills still have digs. But like we just talked about the Chiefs wide receiver disaster room. Like if they can scoop Ayuk, yeah. Like oh my god, like Ayuk's a second round pick <laughs> if he goes to the Chiefs. I mean, and how? But how much capital the Chiefs want to make in trading for wide receivers? I mean, hell, if you're doing that, you traded Tyreek Hill. Why would you even trade Tyreek Hill in the first place when we saw what he's still that's capable of? That's the other thing you do. You have to have a buyer for the right. You can say, let's get away from Brandon Ayuk and T. Higgins all you want, but a lot of these wide receiver needy teams just trade their wide receiver needy because they just traded away Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown and Hollywood Brown and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Right. The Cardinals are going to trade away DeAndre Hopkins. They're not the whole they're reason they're buying. trading those guys away is because they're not trying to pay that guy. Now the Ayuk and T are younger, of course, but the chiefs have gone this route because they need to pay Mahomes, right? They want to pay the offensive line. They want to pay, et cetera. So they're strategically trying to do it like through the draft, through young players, some free free agent shots like Juju and MVS, draft Sky, right? Take some shots at wide receiver in the draft and find their own fucking T. Higgins. Yeah. <laughs> and pay and pay him a million dollars a year instead of instead of giving up a first round pick and then paying T twenty million dollars a year. Yeah. So that that's gonna be the thing with teams like that. It's it's gonna be ugly for some of these teams. They're just we're gonna it was wide receiver musical carousel last year um (laughs) the bears were the team that lost out on that game but every team's gonna lose out on it this year yeah there's Um, nobody available deandre hopkins should bring in a king's ransom even though he's old as shit because if you need a wide receiver what else are you gonna do and there's only gonna be limited teams lining up for him too so i mean where does he go if i hear new england one more time i'm gonna vomit why would you bring him (laughs) To a team like this, you got to bring him to a like a legitimate contender. He's gonna want to go to a legitimate contender, right? So mm-hmm. um that might be a good place for us to cap it tonight. What do you think? I think I think so. I was just gonna say one what's one um like I, we I always cap the DFS shows with like what's your you know your conviction play of the week or whatever? What's the one thing that has like stuck out to you the most from over the course of the last month or whatever that you're like, this is the thing in 2023, a player, a position, a right. A draft strategy or whatever. Is there one thing that has stuck out to you? Uh, well, it kind of correlates to something I saw in the chat earlier because I'm on the complete opposite end of it. I saw someone mention that maybe this is the year of zero wide receiver. Oh, and, yeah. and I'm, I don't know if you guys remember what drafts were like last year. Once you hit the 12th, 13th round, the wide receiver position was dead at that point. Like there was very few guys that made any difference after there. It was KJ Osborne a few weeks. It was Zay Jones, maybe one or two other guys. But that position, once it hits its cutoff, you're done. So I don't think so. I think we're, I think zero RB here specifically maybe even Harrow RB is going to be the play going forward um, even more so this year than last year. I mean, it's one of those things we're going to lean into the double RB thing is going to be tough because I think when we look at the first round 12 picks, right? Three might be quarterbacks. I think you might only <laughs> one might see... be Travis Kelsey and then a bunch of wide receivers. <laughs> and you might see one or two RBs. Like it might be, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Eckler. Right. 
Eckler, Bijan, and, and Bijan, and that's probably it. And maybe towards the end, Kenneth Walker slides in at that like, JT, right? The next tier, the next tier of those guys that are like, we know they're good, they have upside, whatever, but they're like yeah. late first, late first. They're they're, they're like. What, what, who was who was there this year? The, the the Mixons and Swifts and whatever were like, yeah, they're pretty good. They're on maybe they're on good offenses or they were good as rookies like Walker was or whatever. But all those dust balls are going to be second and third round picks this year. And we're not going to want them. Yeah. Right? What are you going to? What do you? Who are you taking? Right. I, I, I'm. You're never going to hear me argue against McCaffrey. I won't. I won't even right now. At least I'm sure I will over the summer argue against Eckler. I'm definitely not going to argue against Bijan. But like. Who are you taking that you don't want the early wide receivers? Like Kamara's gonna be like 30. Derrick Henry's gonna be like fucking 32. Yeah. Like it, like it, Mixon, like Mixon, Mixon could get cut. I don't know his contract situation. Like, who up there are you even excited about? Like Ken Walker was good, but a Penny, I assume, will be back next year. Like, I, who do you what running backs up there do you really even want? And now let's list the wide receivers. You want all of those guys, you know, and you want the quarterbacks. And so, yeah, I would go the opposite. I would say, yeah, the wide receiver position is deep. It's it's not an it's not an unfair point to say wide receiver is deep, but it's deep in numbers. It's not deep in rounds of right, good players right. available. That's it the is there, it. there. There are like fifty or whatever good wide receivers. I agree. But they're all gone by the th- <laughs> they're all gone by the sixth or seventh round. Mm-hmm. So like zero wide receiver, you're 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 if you'd gone zero wide receiver last year, let's just say that's don't take one for the first six or seven rounds. Your first wide receiver is like fucking Sky Moore, right? Because now yo, I don't have any wide receivers. Now I got to take some upside guys. Oh, let's look at the Chiefs, MVS and Sky Moore, swing and a miss, right? Yep. Or maybe you even went like upside Elijah Moore. That seems like upside, swing and a miss, like. You compo- even if you hit on all those wide receivers, like you said, you got a couple of weeks out of KJ Osborne, just so happened to be at the right time. Got a couple of weeks out of Zay. Like I, I drafted a lot of Zay, but like I don't want my wide receiver room centered around KJ Osborne and Zay. even Garrett Wilson. He was mm-hmm. good. The good wide receivers dunked on these guys. Like it wasn't yeah. close. So I, I would go the literally the opposite is my takeaway still is like, Dude, you can find Ken Walker. We just talked about all those old running backs. Like, dude, like Pollard's a free agent. I'm definitely not drafting Zeke. So whatever is going on with the Cowboys situation, we're going to want the other dude, right? Uh, Josh Jacobs was free. Ramondre was cheap, right? All these guys. Donta Foreman was super free, like not even drafted at certain points of the season. There's just so many running backs that you can find. And so I'm going to continue to lean into to that this year. And I feel even stronger about it this year because of what we talked about with running backs. It's like that whole crop, Henry, Dalvin, Mixon, Kamara, whatever, that we've been smashing in the first round for five years, they're aging out, man. They're aging yep. out. And, and that, that means if, if they do age out, the guys that are going in the, the guys who, you know, went eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th round, uh, whenever they age out next year, I want to find those guys that are first and second round picks next year. As we talk through that, the funny thing is the running back dead zone that we always talk about. It might start in the third round this year. Yeah. We might see the RB dead zone in the third round. So that's going to, this is what we're talking about this year. This year is going to be so unique 
unique in the sense of past drafts. I think it's going to set the tone for future years, but I, right. I really think that this is going to be such a pivotal year in drafts going forward. We're going to look back at 2023 for the next five to 10 years and be like, there was a big wave changing at that point, And you want to be ahead of that wave. Right. Yep. Or, or like, it's the old analogy of like when you're in the woods and you're getting chased by a bear, like the draft change is the bear. You don't have to be, you don't have to be the fastest, <laughs> but you want to be faster than everybody else that's running from yes. that bear. Right. Like, Yes. Like at least faster than a couple of them. So I think you're going to see a big change in drafts and the running back position, every position, every position is going to be um, changing other than wide receiver. We're going to be steady at wide receiver and we're going to want a lot of them. Yep. That's the take is figuring out, right. How to stay ahead of, and, and where, where to dip your toes in to some of those guys who, you know, I, maybe we will just full fade all those running backs. That's where what I feel right now, but I don't know how I'll feel in a, in a few months. But like figuring out all of that is like, when do you dip your toes into some of these potentially, right? Josh Jacobs was a theoretically unappealing running back last year who fell. When yeah. do you dip your toes in to try to find Josh Jacobs versus when do you stick to this? What my kind of thesis is like, I'm staying out ahead of this wave. I'm drafting all the wide receivers and the young dudes, even some of the wide receivers, right? I don't want probably deandre hopkins i don't want keenan allen you know there's those guys i don't i don't want those guys because they're aging out too i want to find garrett wilson right i want to find whichever rookie breaks out etc etc jameson williams so like that's the game to me is like all the positional adp like if you're using two-year-old data to be like this is the structure i need to look at the win rates on this structure like i got it you you are in for a rude (laughs) awakening please enter my summer yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like you need to like I chat. Rotoviz is incredible and have done incredible, but like the quarterback window. Good luck using the fucking quarterback window this year if all the good quarterbacks are not in that window. Like the quarterback window is gonna be like Daniel Jones, like you know, and he was great, but like yeah. I'm not, I'm not going all in on <laughs> on Daniel Jones this year. So I just think that the whole thing is gonna, just the one last thing that we didn't get in on the running back stuff. The mm-hmm. crazy other thing that, like, the guys who were supposed to be the next guy that would have changed this whole conversation. Javante, serious knee injury. Like, we don't yeah. know when he's going to be ready. Brees, serious injury. We don't know when he's going to be ready, right? Like, the guys who were, why this is so chaotic is the guys who were supposed to be the next, right? Okay, Mixon falls out, Dalvin falls out, whatever. These guys fall out. We're supposed to have the next guy, right? Yep. Zeke's dust. It's now it's Pollard's dust. Like, if, if Zeke was gone, they cut him and they re-signed Pollard. Maybe, maybe that could still happen, I guess. But Pollard got hurt. Yep. Bad like, injury. Yeah, really bad injury. Like, <laughs> there's just – it's chaos. It's total chaos. And so I think that's a good – like, we can thrive in that chaos if we're, if we're smart about it. Um, so I'm glad we well, kind of talked about that. Let's uh, just tout one last thing, this little gold belt over my shoulder here. Oh, yes. Um, that belongs to one Mr. Patrick Corain. He doesn't have it yet because I was trying to set up a time and a day to meet up with him. I'm going to drive it to New York because I am. Oh my gosh. I'm a man of my word. And I said I would bring it to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, those dates are going to be kind of tough. I'm going to Thailand for three weeks. <laughs> Fucking All right. millionaires. All right. Must be nice, right? So, okay, Elon. <laughs> yeah, just taking off. And supposedly he had it booked before. I don't believe it. Um, but, anyways, my the point I want to make is. We are one for one in the best ball Royal Rumble that if you win the best ball Royal Rumble, you win best ball mania too. 
Like, so when we do that draft this year, you're going to want to watch it because somebody in that draft is probably going to win Best Ball Mania. That's all I'm saying. That's true. Hopefully it's, it's true. The but. seats, the, the seats are going to be a very hot commodity. Now we're going to have to uh, not not be so uh, free and loose with the the entries into that. You know, we can't have Overzet on vacation, like fucking around with Evan Silva <laughs> on the on the draft. Now you got to take this serious because clearly, yeah, it, it's at least good juju to be to, yeah. to to finish near the top. Yeah, and uh, we will put out our Venmo number, our Venmo th- accounts to everybody that if they want a spot in it, you know, we can be bought. Just, <laughs> oh, just, just oh, so you know, we, oh yeah, we, we can be bought. So I didn't win Best Ball Mania, <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. So yes, uh, my Venmo will be open at, <laughs> yeah, uh, at those yeah. times. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the way I wanted to cap it off. Um, I'm 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 excited for this upcoming year. I'm stressed for it in the sense that like it's going to be a lot of work in terms of keeping up with draft trends and stuff. Oh yeah. But it's going to be exciting because it's going to be different. So it's going to be a fun year of best ball coming up. And I can't even imagine what these prize pools are going to be this year after, after last year's explosion. No, no, I'm excited. These playoff contests filling in one day, all of a sudden. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's going to, it's best ball. Best ball is coming up man. it's going to, we said last year was going to be the biggest year, and it's just going to keep growing. It's just so yeah. big. So it's going we're going to, be a to say fun this. Year. We're going to say the same thing next year at this time. Like I can't um, wait to see what the prize pools are like. I mean, there is a, a probably a point of a little bit of diminishing. Return. They can in the playoff structure at least on drafters. They could probably just continue to get as big, you know, because you don't have to worry about pods and and final rounds and stuff. We're definitely not to the point where it's too big um, anywhere, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you do have to worry like too many. Like you don't want like five thousand people in the the week seventeen final. That takes away a little bit from the sweat and and all that kind of stuff. So there is a something, but we're definitely not there yet. And that doesn't that's not going to stop them from tons of crazy tournaments. Like I said, close to the top. I mean, we're getting huge baseball tournaments and yeah. golf best ball tournaments and and all of that. So uh, I can only imagine what NFL is going to look like. On that note. Right before we uh, before we get out of here, gonna be doing. Um, I've been working on baseball rankings, golf rankings, and content and stuff for those. Shout out to Underdog for dropping those on me when I'm try- trying to do some other stuff. And then we're coming out with our first ever like rookie guide. So a big piece, kind of some of the stuff we talked about, in my opinion, of best ball. Like people have really mostly only thought about it through like a dynasty lens or even maybe a redraft lens. But I actually think the rookies are are something we discuss a lot, like offhand, but mm-hmm. we don't maybe treat the way that they should as as kind of the skeleton keys to to best ball. Um, right? Finding Justin Jefferson when he's a rookie, finding Garrett Wilson going in the twelfth round, right? Finding these guys is hugely important to your success in best ball and so we're going to put out our first rookie draft guide and kind of go through the process of obviously evaluating the players but talking about it mainly from a like a best ball focus so that'll be coming soon and then obviously base this is kind of kicking off our football stream so we'll talk about some of those rookies on these shows talk about tons of other stuff and uh also dive into the baseball and golf stuff so now that uh we have all this shit to draft and we're soon going to have 2023 drafts to do we will be rocking and rolling here soon can't wait really excited about uh 
I can't wait to see what they do for these for these big board drafts this year. It's gonna be it's gonna be good stuff. You mean like a 250k to first big board tournament or something? Probably like it's gonna be so silly. Hell yeah. Anyways, Nashville, me and you. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. I I will definitely. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see. I'm sure I'll see you b- before then. We got to think about the karaoke thing. So you got a week and a half. Yeah. To figure out karaoke song as as do I. We'll get out of here. We'll see you guys. Um, I'm going to be back. Rob's Rob's busy. I'm going to be back this this week. Um, I think diving into baseball. I haven't scheduled it out yet. I'm working on a guest. Be on the lookout for more content here on this YouTube. Also be on the lookout for, like I said, rankings, articles, draft guides, all sorts of stuff coming out to the website. And we will see you guys soon.